trauma is anything that is too much, too fast, too soon, or for too long for our mind, body, and spirit to fully integrate, process, and be with. Welcome to Jacqueline Explores, the podcast where we explore science, somatics, and social change. I'm your host, Jacqueline Shea. I am an embodiment coach, facilitator, researcher, and science communicator. After 10 years in public health and health tech, my own trauma healing journey brought me to somatics. In this podcast, I'll share the cutting edge science and somatic frameworks and tools that change my life and will help you feel better, move through stress, heal trauma, and live the life of your dreams. But that's not all. I'll also highlight why and how most individual issues have systemic roots and the social change work being done and needed to create a world in which we can all thrive. Let's explore. Hello, today's episode is a topic that is central to my work. It is trauma. Most people aren't as enthusiastic about talking about trauma as I am, but it is a topic that needs more discussion because it's so nuanced. I originally recorded a version of this that was so detailed and it covered so much ground and I've decided to scrap it, re-record, and really focus on the core concepts. This means I'll be leaving out a lot of nitty-gritty neuroscience, I'll be leaving out a lot of statistics, and I'm going to talk in broad strokes. This is all based in research, but we'll get into the specifics of details, of diagnoses, of stats later. I want you to walk away with understanding what trauma is at a core conceptual level at a way that hopefully helps you feel resonance in yourself and in the lives of those around you and saying, oh, I might be able to sense what has maybe been traumatic in my life or in other people's lives without knowing if it meets a certain diagnostic criteria or not. So what is trauma? There's three frameworks that I'm going to share today and they're interconnected and they're so simple. So first, trauma is anything that is too much, too fast, too soon, or for too long for our mind, body, and spirit to fully integrate, process, and be with. So too much, too fast, too soon, too long for us to really process and be with. That's one side of the coin. And on the other side of the coin is that trauma is also what we did not get. What we needed as an individual, as a human being, that we did not get. I love this quote by D.W. Winnicott. Nothing happened when something might have profitably happened. So the things in our life, especially early, early in life, but really through our development, that we needed to happen, the love, the care, the support, and we simply didn't get them. That can be trauma. And the third, this is a quote by Dr. Gabor Mate. Trauma is a psychic wound that leaves a scar. It leaves an imprint in your nervous system, in your body, in your psyche and then shows up in multiple ways that are not helpful to you later on. So trauma as a psychic wound that leaves a scar. So let's explore these three components of trauma that I consider to be far more important than a DSM diagnosis. Okay, so trauma as a psychic wound. 
trauma is not what happened to you. It's not the event, the moment, the, the exact experience. But rather, trauma is what happened inside of you because of what happened or what did not happen. So trauma is the lasting impact in your body, not just in your mind. Um, when I talk about nervous system, it's our, it's our entire system, which is not limited to our brain. Trauma is the constellation of hardships, of wounds, re- those relational challenges, those residual burdens, unresolved emotions and narratives, the coping mechanisms that we develop that may cause additional suffering, and the toll that all of this takes on our body. So it's easy to think that trauma is simply a car crash war, something one moment of time, which it absolutely can be for for many people, especially if that's a big, intense moment. But it's more often what happens to our bodies afterwards and the ways that our body learns to cope with something that was too big. So trauma causes our mind and body and ultimately our nervous system to always be scanning for danger. This is hypervigilance. Trauma causes us to be on the lookout, even if it's below our level of consciousness, and be like, is there danger? Do I need to react? Um, Which then causes us to perceive everyday experiences as dangerous. So there's some really interesting brain scan research. I won't go into it now, but um, you know, if someone has experienced trauma, they're more likely to perceive, for example, neutral faces as angry faces. As a neutral text, is this person's mad at me? So trauma really changes how we perceive stimuli, words, actions, people's faces. Trauma results in us struggling, so more likely to experience depression and anxiety. In general, more often, more intense. Um, It causes us to literally carry more tension in our body, right? Hypervigilance is not just a mental thing, it's a physical thing. And have difficulty falling asleep, staying asleep. And we're more likely to develop chronic health issues, including autoimmune diseases and gut conditions. Those are heavily correlated with trauma. So trauma really causes our body to be in the state of the world's a dangerous place and I need to be ready. That's the wound. It's not the event. It's not that moment. It is the way our body learned that the world is a dangerous place and I have to be ready. Now, it's tiring to be ready. It means that maybe there's fights when there don't need to be fights. It means that you're, you're efforting so much to live in the world. That's trauma. So this is all how trauma changes our brain and body. And um, Dr. Gabor Mate uses this analogy of a wound. So trauma can either be a raw wound or can be a healed wound. So when it's a raw wound, ooh, ooh, it's so tender. It hurts, right? We're really hypervigilant. We're chronically feeling its effects. Um, an example of this is, oh, I wasn't originally going to give an example. I think I'll get a little personal. You know, an example of it for me, um, thanks to sexual trauma and just being an objectified woman in our patriarchal society, um, you know, it meant that I would get triggered really easily dating because my body was kind of ready to be assaulted. And unfortunately, because consent is still not the norm, I was experiencing, you know, unsolicited uh, kisses, for example, but my body interpreted that as the same thing as a major sexual assault. However, trauma as a healed wound 
So instead of it being this raw, open wound, you know, if we think about a cut, it's sort of like you take off the band-aid and it starts bleeding again. It's so tender. It's so raw. It's painful. It's inflamed. Um, a healed wound is one that it might have scar tissue now. It maybe is not back at where it used to be, but it has regained mobility and flexibility. And maybe it still flares up. Maybe it has things that it doesn't like to do, but it's still manageable. And so, you know, to go back to my personal example, I still, you know, if someone comes in for a kiss without asking, my body kind of tenses up and I go into freeze. But now I'm able to say, hey, I actually don't want to kiss on the first date. And I just, I've learned how to communicate my boundaries. I've learned to date at my own pace. So that's a very specific example. But, um... You know, there's the difference between trauma when it's very tender, very painful, which is more likely to happen after the fact, but also it can last your whole life if, if you know, someone doesn't get the care and support they need versus trauma can be something that we have healed, that we have or we're able to work with. Now, it may not be healed in the sense that we are never impacted by it ever again, but healed in the sense that I can manage this and it's no longer as sensitive. But trauma is a psychic wound. But again, it impacts the, the body. It's not just in our minds. It's not something we can think our way out. We cannot talk our way out of it. It impacts our physio physiology. Let's go on to trauma being something that's too big, too fast, too soon, or too long. So it's very common for people to think, oh, trauma, war, natural disaster you know, extreme violence. And yes, those absolutely can be traumatic. No doubt about that. Um, and we have so much to owe to um, veterans. Thank you for your service. And for the research that started on veterans of war, really as the first people that research identified, oh, huh, something happened here. Something's going on. Um, but now we know that trauma is actually very common and often caused by seemingly everyday experiences. So the most common causes of trauma are things that are simply too much, too fast, too long, or too soon. So what I mean by that is that we can experience an individual it's moment, one thing happening, and that moment might not be traumatizing. But because it happens repeatedly and repeatedly and repeatedly, are that thing happened far earlier in life than it than it should have you know there's a big difference between something happening at 28 and something happening at 11 are um you know anything that's too much too fast that too that's like whoa 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 that's when something that is seemingly small can be traumatizing so some everyday examples are being criticized on a regular basis by a family member and I mean, really, like, just those small comments of like, oh, you you know, your work isn't good enough. You're always this. You're always that. Like, those small comments that can make you feel not worthy. Um, or maybe even being required to really be at an impossible standard. If that's how you're raised, that can be traumatizing. Being bullied in school. Even if it's not totally horrendous, but that every day that feeling of oh I'm not safe here that's traumatizing um being sexually objectified at a young age you know girls who develop breasts curvy bodies at a young age and feeling looked at getting comments all of that happening 
again and again and again and again at an age when we really should not be experiencing that. Um, Witnessing conflict in the family. So whether that's just verbal conflict, could just simply be an unhappy marriage, or it could be outright abuse and violence. Even if you know, let's say the situation is a child, they're not ever yelled at, they're not ever actually hit, but they're experiencing it, that can be traumatic. So, you know, a single event of being bullied, a single moment of being criticized, a single moment of witnessing your parents screaming at each other, that might not be traumatic in and of itself, but when it happens day in and day out for years, in a way, that we cannot process, we cannot be with, our body cannot go back to that baseline, I'm okay, that can be trauma. So it's these repeated experiences that change our brains, our nervous systems, our bodies, that over time orient to the world is a dangerous place, I have to be ready. And I really wanna acknowledge that this adaptive response is brilliant. It's how we survived as a species, is to adapt to our circumstances. And so you can imagine if your circumstances contain one of these examples or the infinite possibilities of what this could look like, yeah, we're gonna adapt to think that the world's a dangerous place and we have to be ready. And that readiness is taxing on our, on our system. And I will definitely do an episode going in depth about the health impacts of this. Um, and, and how systems of power ultimately cause trauma. Um, but we'll save that for another date. This is, a, this is a quick 101. Okay. So the other side of the coin of the too muchness, whether that's too fast, too long, too soon, whatever, is when something didn't happen that it should, right? Because if something's too much, that, that also means there's probably not enough of something else. Those things are, are really often happening in parallel. And so, you know, I'm sure you can think of people you know who like their lives just look amazing on the outside, right? Big house, fancy car, family, fancy jobs, vacations, whatever. But, you know, let's look at some examples, especially in childhood, and this is when the brain is developing, so we're most susceptible to these events that are, you know, the too big or not enough. So having parents that work really, really long hours they're never there. When they are there, they're just not really present. You don't get quality time with them. That can be traumatic. You're not getting the love that a child needs, even if the parents love them. You know, we're not we're not talking about the intent. We're talking about the experience and what someone, what someone's nervous system didn't get. Um, growing up in a house where you have parents who are struggling with mental health issues like depression, intense anxiety, suicidal ideation, could even be other loved ones in the family experiencing this. That can be traumatic. Um, Having parents or family members with substance abuse issues, even if it's subtle, but not knowing like, you know, which mom am I going to get today? Um, What's going to happen? I have to be on my, on the edge. I have to walk on eggshells because I don't know what's going to happen. Um, Living in poverty, having constant economic stress, even if your parents are always employed but they're simply never making enough money there is stress going to the grocery store is stressful again it creates a nervous system that believes that the world is not a safe place and that you have to be ready and guess what when people are stressed maybe they can't be as loving and intentional parents as they would like to be um, another example is parents who simply can't emotionally attune with their children. This could be related to any of the above, right? There can be so many reasons 
could be how immigration policy is affecting parents. It could be that the mother was a 15-year-old who didn't want to have a child at that time, but the policies in her state forced her to. And she's actually not emotionally mature enough. She's not in a financial position where she can be a good mother. So even though she's trying her best, she's not able to give her children the attention, the time, the love and care that they deserve. And growing up in that environment causes their nervous systems, their brains, their minds to perceive danger, to perceive that they're not loved, they're not worthy of love, the world's a dangerous place, etc. Now, I want to just make this abundantly clear. Parents are always doing the best that they can. No parent is perfect. And the good news is that research shows that you really only need um, emotional attunement about 30% of the time with children. <laughs> So that means you can have moments where you get angry at your kids and yell and snap and like it's about the repair and it's really just about 30% of the time that deep emotional attunement where everyone feels safe and loved and supported. Um, so I'm not saying that you have to be a good parent 100% of the time. Um, these examples are often on the more extreme cases, but it can be, again, that just repeated, repeated, repeated sense of not getting that emotional attunement, not getting the quality time, unsure of what's going to happen in the household. Um, and, you know, our brains and bodies and minds are developing. So these experiences at a young age have a big impact, even if they're small. Small in what happened or what didn't happen. So I hope that you're starting to sense that trauma can be everyday occurrences. And that for some people, they can two people can experience very similar sets of upbringing. And one person, it might be traumatic, and the other one, it might not be. And there's so many factors. We, in public health, we'd call these risk and protective factors. So, so many factors in the household, in the community, in the city, in the state, in the country, in the culture, economically, culturally, all the reasons why for one person an experience might be traumatic and for another it might not be could be the presence of a really loving grandma that offsets you know the absence of um, a father it could be the presence of resources that come with money that offset um, what it's like to grow up with a parent with you know alcoholism but it can also be the flip side of like you know not having that access to a healthy and loving adult um, if you're not already getting that in the home, it can really exaggerate. Um, so I'm wanting to keep it broad and not totally go down the rabbit hole of, of all of these things. Um, but I'm really touching upon adverse childhood experiences, which are highly correlated um, with a variety of mental and physical health outcomes later in life, independent of um, unhealthy behaviors in life. So really how your early childhood shapes you. Um, I'm talking about attachment styles and I'm talking about developmental trauma, which is the term we use for childhood trauma. But also I'm talking about complex trauma, which is the term that we use for trauma that is not those single events like being um, a veteran or, or war, um, but really these layered experiences of trauma. But like I said, I'll go much deeper on these in later episodes. Right now I'm giving you the landscape. So... To quote Bessel van der Kirk, who wrote The Body Keeps the Score, trauma is when we are not seen and known. So whether it's too much or not enough, trauma is when we are not seen and not known. 
Ultimately, trauma can be anything that results in a diminished capacity or fracturing of self and others. I'm trying to give you tangible examples, but also keep it broad so that your imagination can fill in the gaps because there is no definitive list of what is traumatic or what is not. It is anything that fits some of these criteria that I've seen that causes these changes to our brain and nervous system. But the most common forms are when we are not seen and known and what that does to us. Because we're social beings, we need to be seen and known. So trauma, to summarize the sort of impacts, creates a disconnection from ourself, from others in the world. It limits our flexibility of responses, right? It really limits our full potential as a human being. It fosters shame. So our brains go, well, if this is happening, it must be something that's wrong with me, right? Not others. Often this is happening when we're too young to really understand it's something wrong with me. I'm bad. It distorts our worldview. We view things from this lens that's colored by the experiences. It fuels hypervigilance. This real... Um, nervous system state of being where I have to be ready and I'm scanning for danger and it is a low-grade stress response which spoiler ends up causing chronic health issues Um, and it alienates us from the present because we're not really here and now our past is shaping us and it's making us try to look into the future to predict what's going to happen so we can stay safe (sighs) let's take a big deep breath now this is a lot Yeah, trauma's sensitive, and you're probably already thinking like, oh, gee whiz, that thing I experienced, huh? I think it was traumatic. But the good news is trauma is not a lifelong sentence. So it can be a a wound that is healed. Yes, there may be scar tissue, but it can be healed so that the functioning is back and you can live a full life. Um, And I talked about this in my episode about stress, that we can experience post-traumatic stress. And this is actually growth that can happen from trauma that can't happen, you know, if there's not some hardship that we can learn and grow from. Um, So those are the main points I wanted to cover. I wanted to cover, I'll just reiterate them, that trauma is anything that's too much, too fast, too soon, or too long. So for maybe some folks who thought trauma was just big events, it really can be anything that is simply too much or too whatever for our brains, our bodies, our spirits to fully integrate, process, be with, and go back to a normal resting state. And the other side of that is that trauma is also what didn't happen, what we needed at that stage of life that we didn't get. So Nothing happening when something should have happened. And the last, trauma is a psychic wound that leaves a scar. It leaves an imprint in your nervous system, in your body, in your psyche. And then it's all the ways that that manifests that can negatively impact us. So I invite you to get curious about, huh, what have I experienced that maybe was trauma? That maybe is having a lasting traumatic effect? What would be possible if I could heal that? Not heals and it's never going to affect me, but heals and I'm no longer in a limited capacity because of it. 
and I invite you to explore some of my other resources. The body scan meditation is a great way to build your relationship with your body because trauma often disconnects us from our body. Um, but I'm a somatic coach who focuses on helping people who have experienced trauma. So I work with clients one-on-one -on -one, and my clients are people whose body is keeping the score to quote the famous book. Um, so many of my folks have been in therapy, they cognitively know their patterns, they know what happened to them in childhood, but they're like, huh, I'm still getting really activated. I, I'm noticing a certain level of maybe hypervigilance, even though they rarely use those words, are, you know, I'm, I'm having health issues that might be related. Um, and somatic coaching is really beautiful because we don't go back and analyze your past. We might do a little bit of like, huh, what does your inner child have to say about that? But um, we don't analyze what happened to you. We help your body come into the present moment. What are you feeling now? What does your body need now? What is your body telling you? Can we find more somatic safety? Can we help you? Can I help you shift your body out of survival mode so you're no longer living in that hypervigilant state? You're no longer scanning for danger. You're able to really savor the good. And what's magical is all those symptoms that survive those survival strategies soften so it's really it's really beautiful work um and if you feel curious about it schedule a free exploratory call um but keep listening i have some very exciting episodes that go deeper and that highlight people who um somatically sport trauma survivors so i hope this episode was helpful if it stirred up a lot for you i invite you to take some nice deep breaths put your hand on your heart journal free write and just let let flow whatever came but know that trauma is not a life sentence there can be really powerful growth that comes from it um and i'm just holding you so tenderly uh until next time my friend bye All right, that's it for today's episode. If you enjoyed what you just heard, found it valuable, and want to keep exploring with me, please click follow. To help others learn about this, make sure to give me a five-star rating, write a review, and share it with all your people. To learn more about my work, go to JacquelineExplains.com and sign up for my email list so that you can receive life-changing somatic practices in your inbox. See you next week.